0: Hey y'all, I'm Kua, and this is Kendra. And this is the Black Gems Dive In Podcast. Podcast about inclusive cultures and everything DEI. Hey Kua. Hey Kendra. How are you? I
1: am doing well. I'm glad to be back.
0: Yes, we had to take a little hiatus. Sabbatical. Yes, yes. A <laughs> hiatus. To, you know, get life together a little bit, but we're back. We
1: are back. Episode five.
0: Oh, I think we're...
1: Episode six. six. See, that's what happens six. when you take a little, yes. little break.
0: But time is flying by, though. The, the weather is changing. And that's got that's what it is, do. right?
1: It's a beautiful day. We hit, what, close to 70 today? Was it? In, in March. The oh, end of March, you oh, know, wow. so hit seventy degrees. It's supposed to snow Thursday.
0: It is, but that's Buffalo. It's
1: Buffalo, Bipolar right? Weather. Like literally, from beautiful weather to cold. But then I think it's good. I think that's it. So we should be yes. rounding the corner. Spring is beautiful. literally, you can feel it.
0: Yes, yes. So I know ready last, to be outside. <laughs> right outside. I know. Last season we talked about, um, you know, getting our gardens together. Or, yes. Or, you know, and I've literally been. You know, into the green thumb How's your slowly. plants? I was going to say, how are your pl-
1: you, you Did you find one that you didn't have to water and all of that? Or are you talking no, about the plant?
0: so there's this this uh, shop that I went to recently, and they teach you how to take oh, care of certain plants. Nice. So they give you, like, if you are interested in a specific plant, then they'll give you, like, a card to say how often you should water it, okay. what angles you should put it at, what corner of the house, like, all those different things so I've been doing. Angles, okay. It's all about the angles and okay. the sunlight.
1: Yes, yes. I'm, I'm with you. My plants are, for the most part, I'm really sad because this, actually this morning, <laughs> I looked at my snake plant and I, I saw a leaf that was kind of turning, yeah. you know, it turns brown, yellow, brown yeah. or whatever. So I plucked that because you need to do mm-hmm. that quickly so that the nutrients yep. can go to the other plants or the other leaves. But this morning I looked and another leaf next to that done turned Oh, did you get brown. that real quick? I did, but you know, like the snake plant, there's... A whole, I don't know. I think I'm gonna lose a whole stalk. Is that's yeah, what it's called?
0: Probably. I love snake plants because you don't have to water them. that I, I don't, place. but
1: I don't know what happened.
0: Maybe it's the maybe it's the angles.
1: Maybe it's the angles. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna have to check my plant angles when I go home. I'm gonna text you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, let us dive right on in. Um, we're gonna talk about a couple of hot topics actually today, since we mm-hmm. took, um, you know, we we weren't on last week, so we actually have a couple things we wanted to come and talk to folks. About today. The first one is a, a local situation yes. that happened um, with the radio station 97 Rock. And for all those, um, you know, we're in Buffalo, New York, and there's a radio station here called 97 Rock, and they released a couple of statements on the controversial on air comments that were made by the host, and it gained national attention. Um, you know, there were a few celebrities actually retweeted, um, reposted about the incident that happened. And so um, why don't we just break it down? I mean.
0: Yeah. So there was a a, a host um, and he talked about um, women, black women specifically in their, like you said, their skin color, comparing them to, to Toast. To, uh, and
1: just break that down. You said Toast.
0: To Toast. How he likes his How, toast. toast. Yes. What level? What level of, of, um, uh, what do you call it? What level of brown? Brown, like if you like it light, if you like it dark, if you right. like it crispy. Right. Um, And when I first heard this, I was kind of appalled because he compared his woman to several celebrities of uh, Holly Berry, uh, Serena, Serena Williams, um, and Gail King. Yes, Gail um, King. And, but was like making a very, it was just like, yeah, like it was like a joke about it. And his co-hosts were joking around about it as well. Like it was just a casual conversation, which we know these conversations happen all the time, but it brings up the bigger conversation regarding colorism.
1: And we talked about that, uh, actually this season on one of our, um, podcasts around colorism
0: and anti-blackness. Yes.
1: Yep. Um, and so to your point, the, the reference that happens and you can, you know, look this up online if you're interested, but they were saying, ah, ha, 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 how, how do I like my toast? Because I guess his daughter, he said, she just likes her toast warm. She doesn't even like hers right. toasted at all. And I guess she changed the setting on the toast. So he was, he called her a word as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but then mentioned that the, the toast, oh, okay, well, you know, compared to black women, I like my toast. Someone asked, oh, like, Serena Williams? And he's like, no, not Serena, Serena Williams, because that's too, too dark. dark. Yep. Too yep. dark. I like mine more like Halle Berry. And then he also referenced the word mulatto. Yes. In there, too. Yes. And that's kind of where it got even more spicy and dicey for this guy, because he says, you know, I need a little bit of mulatto in terms of my toast. Um And then they said, oh, like, you know, what about Gail King? He's like, she's not even on my toaster. Yes. And so... And referencing these things, I mean, first of all, the word mulatto actually has, it's not only is it outdated, but the history b- behind mulatto yeah. is a very negative connotation as well um, because it references a mule. Yes. And like, you know, the mixed race and they talk about, this is a, a term that has been around for a very long time. And so, yeah, there was a lot of backlash. And yes. actually Halle Berry retweeted
0: yes, a lot, and, of- and made a comment. Many, many celebrities have made a comment about it. Um, even Viola Davis talking about, you know, because she's been a victim of colorism. Especially right. Within Hollywood. Right. And um, it's just it's appalling. You know, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, there's a difference, not even difference, but with racism sometimes comes colorism as well, which is another another level. To right. It. Um, but it's something that that Hollywood talks about all the time. Um, you know, our last or one of our last episodes, we talked about how you know some people actually bleached their skin to yeah, make them yeah. have European features and, and and change their hair, and so this is a bigger issue, a deeper issue, right? Um, and which I, but the one thing I was happy to see is that there were other there were companies locally yes. in Buffalo yes. who immediately pulled their um, commercials, their, their advertisements for ninety seven rock because they understand. The, how serious this is. Right, right. So. And there
1: were large organizations. He also yeah. lost... Um, he he was doing some work for uh, the Sabres as well. He mm-hmm. lost that side deal that he was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Pagoulas, who own the Sabres and the Bills, both came out yep. and um, really were appalled by his comments and pulled all the advertising Roswell. quickly. Roswell uh, also did the same. Uh, I believe maybe Kaleida also did because they did some um, work with him as well. Mm-hmm. So it just shows how quickly dollars dollars yes dollars really um you know force people to make moves because Originally, the radio station didn't come out and do anything. They
0: didn't. And I think also, too, because they were able, like, I think that the show was on repeat or something. They were able to pull that part from the show. But someone actually tweeted it out, like recorded yes. it and tweeted it yes. out. And that's originally how people caught And I it. think
1: whoever it was uh, does work with ESPN or something, He's he does some work with the Bills or something like that. And he was just saying, look, oftentimes people don't even know about these things because they pull it but uh, apparently he's been someone who's been very um racy and other things that he's said in the past about different cultures and different dynamics Mm -hmm. and so there was a lot of back and forth on social media you know i was in the comments like i usually am even though that's a whole nother story (laughs) Um, but yeah, people were just really appalled and just couldn't believe that in this day and age, this is something that we're still talking but, about. But
0: the thing is, the the I mean, you talk about social media all the time, but the beauty of social media too that it exposes so much that goes on. True. Even back in the day before social media really, it became what it is today. Mm-hmm. I think about Don Imus, right? Mm-hmm. Who called the Rutgers girls. We know Nappy had it. Mm-hmm. Blah blah. blah. And you know that that was like one of the first things that I was like, "Whoa! You right, know, this is what you think of right. black woman, right? You know we." Fast forward to actually a few weeks ago, where at the basketball game, uh, we had commentators, high school basketball game, mm, where yes. you had actually the girls of the game, yes. black girls, who kneeled during the anthem, right, and you had the commentators in the background calling them the N word and saying they hope that they lose. So these things, and happen. the reason
1: why was because he his blood sugar was low, and right. you know that was the excuse behind that right. or whatever. It's like,
0: no. No. So these are these things are being exposed. Right.
1: And so, yeah, I, I you know, they eventually fired him. Mm-hmm. He was fired. He was relieved of all the other duties. Uh, but that did come after yes. all the backlash. And it came after people pulling their money. Right. You know, so. Right. I don't know. I think it'll be interesting. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't. Yeah. It was him who's who made the comments and was the one leading it. But. The hosts were also participants. They were participants. And so I think they are on pause right now. Yes. Yep. yep. Um, I don't know what the radio station's planning to do, but hopefully they talk to someone who can help them with some training, some uh, cultural humility, some yes. gender, I don't know. Something, I don't well, know. we know
0: they're going to start asking for some training. You,
1: Pong, Pong. you okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we also... Because we weren't uh, on last week, we also wanted to talk about another hot topic this week. And that's everything that's happening in Georgia with their voting bill.
0: So much in Georgia. Georgia is is a very interesting state. We know that, first of all, Georgia is a state where basically it changed the trajectory of our country. It it did. And all eyes were on Georgia in in so many facets between the presidential election, local elections. Right. and we know Stacey Abrams. Uh, shout out to a powerful Black woman. Absolutely. Women's his Black or during Women's History Month, um, she was able to help flip uh, the state uh, and make to a it blue. blue. State. A- absolutely. Um, but again, so last week we saw that Georgia has a new slate of voting laws um, delivered from uh, Governor Brian Kemp, and it's called uh, SB 202. It's a 98-page bill that actually has so many different. Um, changes in the voting laws moving forward. And we know that is a a direct response to what was going on last year. Direct,
1: direct response. They're calling it the election integrity act of 2021. And so to your point, like this, this originally came out, um, and, and there were Republicans who were saying that, oh, this is going to take another step toward ensuring our elections are secure, accessible, and fair. And this is coming from, uh, governor Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia, He's up for re-election. Just to give you yep. some more context, he's up for re-election next year and refused to give in to former President Donald Trump's demand last year uh, to overturn mm-hmm. Biden's victory. And so Trump really condemned him after that. Um, but he rang the alarm, saying that there were some alarming issues with the 2020 election that demonstrated demonstrated the need for change. So mm-hmm. when we talk about these changes, what are we talking about?
0: There's so many different changes that they, you know, that they put into this bill, and I won't even say they snuck it in, but it's just, I, I can't even. When I started reading more into this, yeah. First of all, let's talk about just not even going deep into the bill. The first thing is there's so many different things that you cannot do. We know that in Georgia, the lines are very long. Yes, and it is hours, hot, hours, hours, people, long. hours long. It right. is very hot, and so we know that um, people come and give water, food, snacks to so many different people to encourage them to stay, to stay in, um, and to stay in line. And so what we're seeing is now a part of the bill. You can no longer do that. Right. You can no longer supply food or water to people who are standing in line. That's one of the changes. Um, but if you dig deeper into there, there's changes in absentee voting,
1: so what's going on with that? What's yeah. going on with that? So rolling?
0: voters over 65 with a disability in the military or who live overseas are still able to apply for a battle ballot. Mm-hmm. Um, but the earliest voters can request a mail in ballot will be 11 weeks before an election instead of 180 days, which is less than half as much time.
1: So is this a response? Because we know last year was also unprecedented in the fact that we, I mean, we're still in a global pandemic. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, they wanted to make it accessible for folks because you, you waiting in line when there's a pandemic, there's a potential, there's risks Mm -hmm. there. Um, so is that what they're trying to do diminish?
0: They are because we know that, especially on the democratic side, um, there were, it was a huge push for absentee Mm -hmm. ballots. Mm -hmm. Um, and, there was a lot of uproar, people saying it was unconstitutional, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they were actually having drop boxes in different neighborhoods, really encouraging people to not have their vote being suppressed. And so this is indeed direct response into uh, what was going on before.
1: And so they also put in here, and this is also interesting, because when you think about accessibility, you think about equity in the, in mm-hmm. the conversations that we have, they also have this new um, component where you have to, requesting and returning a ballot will also require new ID rules. Yes. Either your driver's license number, state ID number, or if you don't have those, a copy of acceptable voter ID. And so the law also allows for applications to be returned online after the Secretary of State's office launched an online request portal using driver's license numbers or state ID numbers ahead of uh, the November general elections. And so they're saying that poll workers are now going to be using this information, plus your name, date of birth, and address to verify your identity, and you'll sign an oath swearing that everything is correct. So this is a change from the recent procedure that would check your signature on the application with those on file.
0: I mean, this just reminds me of... of Jim Crow South Mm, all mm, over mm, again. mm. All these different tests and voter suppression, and all these different ways to stop the black vote. Right. Um, I mean, even this year when we were when we were looking at the election, we were we had eyes on Fulton County, which we know is oh yeah 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 which is black right black black black. right. (laughs) So I mean, it's just I just think about you know those folks who. Everyone's like, stay in line, do what you need to do, get your absentee ballots. And so this is this is something that um, wasn't direct response to that. right. Um, you know, there's also two changes to early voting. Um, this past season, I did um, some phone banking uh, with the urban League. and okay. one thing that we we did was really to obviously get people out to vote, um, specifically in Georgia. And some of the responses that came back from the phone banking, people said, Well, my boss doesn't give me time off. Okay. Um, Do you know the hours in which I can go and vote early or the day of? And so we're looking up, obviously, different hours um, to go and vote. But the changes to early voting now is that um, counties can have early voting open as long as 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. or 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Those are prime working hours. 9 a.m. to 5 p.m.? Those are prime working hours. So no after hours? No, no. And so, you know... Like, one thing I was reading is that if you live in Fulton County, you'll no longer be able to use um, mobile voting buses. Um, You know, you won't be able to get into the voting areas uh, early before work. All these different things, again, were suppressing the vote. And these were the main questions that we received. How can I get there on time? What are my modes of transportation? Um, All these different things were the main questions that people were asking to vote. And so now they are... um, you know, you don't have any extra weekend days, and and it just boggles my mind the more <laughs> I look into it.
1: So I, I see here, too, that they're talking about changes to vote counting, mm-hmm. and we know that that was a big mm-hmm. issue and big deal um, in the last election because all this, you know, some people saying stop the vote, some people saying count the vote. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they complained about that from last year, about how long it took some counties to release their final vote totals. Yep. And how others missed batches of ballots the first time and general confusion about the process. Uh, So they're changing that and they're embracing this section in this bill that allows them to begin processing but not tabulating absentee ballots starting two weeks before the election. Um, And so they want, I guess there's a new requirement that counties count all of the ballots nonstop as soon as polls close and finish by 5 p.m. the next day. Or potentially face investigations.
0: But isn't that... I mean, the thing is, once you start cons- counting nonstop, yeah. we know that there were people who... We saw vis- visibly saw videos of people getting tired, obviously needing breaks to eat, things right, like that. And right. so for me, I feel like if you keep going forward and not taking a break, that's just more room for error.
1: True. That's a really good point.
0: You know what I mean? That's a really is good point. There. How can you go straight through? We know, again... but. You know again this is just ways that they're just all around suppressing. i keep saying but suppressing the vote
1: well and that's the thing i mean like we know that folks have had to disenfranchise groups of people in order mm-hmm. to win over time this is not a new tactic at all you know what i mean it's not and so we saw some backlash um the 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 folks down in Georgia had um, gone to protest and mm-hmm. speak out against this. Who was the woman who um, knocked on the door and they arrested her? Um, I'm forgetting can't her name. I remember her name. I'm forgetting her name. So she actually went there to say, hey, you know, she wanted to ask some questions. And she wanted to uh, get a sense of what was going on. And they arrested her. They arrested her. And that was a lot of backlash there. So they're comparing this to Jim Crow laws. Um, They're saying that this is taking us a step back. Um, They're even changing, I guess, uh, another thing that was buried in the bill, it would give county elections officials greater flexibility with voting equipment for smaller, lower turnout races. Mm -hmm. Uh, There were some laws that required ballot marking devices per every 250 active voters. And now they're saying that they still require a ratio, but... Uh, any other election would be subject to the local elections official's discretion based on expected turnout, which means people are going to be waiting even longer.
0: Wait, and, in and the people lines. are going to get turned, they're going to walk away, they're going to forget this, I can't do absentee ballots, right. I can't get water, whatever the case may be.
1: So they're just making it more difficult. Yes. And they're saying that you can't give people water or food as right. they stand in line. They so they right, right. good luck. Good luck to you.
0: Exactly. And so, you know, the, um, we were talking about the woman who was knocking on, uh, Governor uh, Kemp's door. Yeah. Uh, she's a democratic state, uh, representative Park Cannon, a black woman, um, from Georgia. And she said, and so she later, she was arrested for fighting voter suppression, um, she is facing a charge of obstructing law enforcement officers by use of threat of violence. And she faces a second charge of disrupting general assembly sessions or other meetings of um, me- meetings of members.
1: So there's a lot. I mean, you know, we, we, we went over a few of the major changes that are happening. There's still some more in there that they talk about uh, some other changes with the attorney general's office and the authority to set up a hotline for people to file complaints about voter intimidation and illegal election activities including anonymous tips um based off of this past election like who knows who knows what this is going to do but people are really upset about it um there's definitely going to be some more updates coming and we'll we'll bring those um to the to the pod as well but keep an eye out keep mm-hmm. keep engaged um and I'm also talking to myself because after the last four <laughs> years. You know what I mean? Like, just yeah. after such a strenuous time um in, in our own politics, you, mm-hmm. you get tired, you get weary, and yeah. you just want to kind of disconnect, but it's important that we stay connected, right? Th- these are things that are happening right now. We definitely need to make sure that we continue to pay attention to them. So, right. more to come on that, Um, but we wanted to make sure that we talked about both those hot topics, especially the local one and some of the it's other stuff that's happening. Yeah, right, yeah. right. So.
0: We know that we are hitting the end of Women's History Month. Yes. Um, so before we go forward, i like to say that, Akua, you know, you've been an inspiration to me. And so thank you for all your contributions that you've done at our local level um, for your community, for your friends, for your family. Definitely something that, you know, I admire and I watch from afar. So thank you for having me. Enter into your life and seeing all those great things. Yeah, and and right back
1: at you, first of all, you ain't say you won't do all. You ain't say you won't.
0: You know, I I got got moved by the spirit since Women's History Month.
1: Listen, Women's History Month. And shout out to you. Actually, um, Kendra last week was featured in Buffalo's Business First. Listen, you know, iron sharpens iron (laughs) at the end of the day. So, as much as I'm, you know, I I don't know, I'm just really excited about your growth about the future of what you're doing. So they shouted out uh, Kendra's Consulting Company, k yes, Savannah Consulting, consulting um, and shouted her out as a voice to watch in the city of Buffalo. And we did, we already knew that. <laughs> but it's also great that others know and to be Thank recognized you. on that level. Thank so you. excited. It's Women's History Month. Yes. Um, we are making waves as women, uh, yeah. and especially women of color in the mm-hmm. city of Buffalo. It's awesome to see it. Uh, shout out Brandy Merriweather. She yes. just got a big promotion. She'll be Love heading uh, Bud C and being the new president of that. And so, I don't know, every time I look around, I see women that are empowering. I see women that are making waves. And, um, you know, it's important that we talk about the barriers that we continue to break.
0: Uh, yes, we're constantly breaking, breaking barriers. I I had a conversation uh, with a young woman here. I'm not going to shout out her name because I don't want to embarrass her. But I had a conversation with her yesterday and you know I, I told her i was like i see you you're working extremely hard i see you yeah Thank you for making yeah the way paving the way and she said I'm doing it, but I'm tired of hearing the word. I'm the first. Mm. And she said, I want to get to a point where we're, where I'm no longer the first. Right. Right. And so she said, hopefully I can look back five years, 10 years down the line, even look at my children and not hear the word the first. Yeah. Especially in the city of Buffalo. And that was just powerful for me because we do hear that a lot. Right. Um, But you know, I am hopeful as to where we're, where we're headed, especially here in Buffalo.
1: I think so too. And I think, um, You know, somebody got to shake some tables, you know, somebody got to shake a little bit and, uh, and, and start to change that, Mm -hmm. that narrative and, and show what we are capable of doing. And I'm excited to see that, you know?
0: So, so some of the things that I think about during, um, you know, women's history month, and there's a lot of times where I sit back and I reflect about the important women in my life and Mm -hmm. what women have made, um, what contributions have they made to this world? So, you know, the question I have for you is what important contributions do you think women have hmm. made to this world?
1: I mean, where to start? I think, first and foremost, we, we started talking about voting, right, mm-hmm. and um, some of the voting rights. And I think that's a major point to to bring up, especially when we got the right to vote as women. Um, we talk about some of the disenfranchising that's happening and you talk about someone like Stacey Abrams, yeah. who even more recently has really been pivotal in changing the status quo on what was really mm-hmm. allowed. I mean, this is, this is a history that goes back very far right. in terms of us even just fighting for our own rights. So right. I think, um, you know, we didn't have the right to vote in in all States until 1920. Mm. And so the right to vote is really important. We know that elections really determine our, our local laws, our state laws, our federal laws. Um, obviously, there's a lot of different topics that come up at play. But, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to things about our health care and we see the people who are making decisions about us, and they're not women most of the time, nope. you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. we're starting to see that shift. I think um, also, if you want to keep it in the politics realm, we have our first woman vice yes. president First woman of color vice president, which is huge. I mean, this is happening in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. I mean, in our lifetime alone, we saw the first, um, you know, black president, obviously, black male president. But to see a vice president, a woman get to that level is huge. Yes, It's huge. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. when I I mean, that was seeing her on stage. I remember her white woman suffrage suit. Listen. Was was so powerful, though. Um, And she said, you know, I'm standing here representing black women um representing southeast asian yes. women um and if if i can do it you can do it right and um you know she hailed from an hbcu absolutely um and it's just it's so much power in that as well and to see that like i said as historical now what i will say is that because we are seeing now someone like kamala harris stacy abrams mm-hmm we're starting to see sometimes a threat to the woman, right? Mm. A threat to the change in which we're seeing. And so we have to try to protect that, right? Right. Um, This year, like I said, it's been the year of of woman, year of black Mm women, seeing the contributions. And one thing that I love to see this year was Amanda Gorman.
1: Yes. You know, she's 22 years old. yes, And
0: she is standing on the steps of the Capitol and addressing the nation right. with her words, and she had um, the poem "The Hill We Climb," which her book just came out today. Yeah, um, yeah. And so, actually, I'm going to have some of my students uh, purchase that book because I think that's really powerful. Um, but she also did her poem at the Super Bowl as well. Um, she's been landing a lot of contracts, and so that's again, we yeah, are, our voices yeah. are so powerful in politics, arts, entertainment. Um, we're just out
1: here. And it makes me I don't know, that that piece too, especially young women, you're starting to see I, I look at my, my I have a cousin who I, I truly admire and she's seventeen and she is taking the next step. Like at her school she started um their first black student union, mm-hmm. right? And like really getting involved early. And young people were really Yes. Shaking stuff up and saying, Hey, look, we looked at y'all long enough. Mm-hmm. I say y'all, I'm still young. I don't know why I'm saying it like that. But um, yeah, like it's just it's a, a point in time in history where I think younger people are coming up, younger mm-hmm. women are really making their claim, um, and saying, Hey, we're here and we have a voice and we can be included in the conversation as well. Um, in terms of, of other things to talk about during women's history month, uh, we always talk about pay equity. Mm. And pay equity is a big conversation. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of organizations have been even more prompted to having these conversations, especially after a year like last year. You know, there's more things that are coming into focus. Diversity and inclusion Mm -hmm. is becoming more of a conversation in in organizations. And the conversation has to go
0: to pay equity. equity. You know what I mean? It does. And, you know, one interesting thing that I thought about more so this year than before is when we talk about pay equity and equal pay, we have to bring the man into the conversation. Right. Yeah. And so when you're looking at maternity leave, why don't we have paternity leave? You know, why don't we have where the male also gets time off? Mm. And so that will also bring the equity, not saying it'll be balanced, but those are some of the things that we should bring into the conversation as well. Right. Um, because sometimes people look at it, well, if a woman gets pregnant, she's taking X amount of time off of work. Um, but we also need to bring the man into the conversation saying they have the same time as well. And so now we're, we're trying to have that um, equity when it comes to pay.
1: Absolutely. And so I know, you know, when you think about equal pay, the Equal Pay Act was signed in 1963. Yep. And that's when women uh, earned just 59 cents to every dollar that a man earned. Um, at work, actually, our resource group, Lean In, did a documentary discussion on the uh, 9 to 5, the, the mm. power of a movement or something mm-hmm. like that. It was on PBS. You can check it out. Um, I love PBS. I always got I PBS. all these free resources. But they talked about this movement and how women, it was so funny, like in the introduction, they talked about how, um, you know, get your master's degree so you can be a better secretary. Um, they were showing different exercises. You can do finger gymnastics to stretch your fingers in <laughs> order to um, type faster. And so women really, their role really were assistants and secretaries, yes. and they have all these different examples. But they got tired, and, and honestly, they connect, it connected into a lot of the conversation around sexual harassment and the things mm-hmm. that they face in the, in the workplace, and that was because they had no real rights or real say. Yep. Um, and so just kind of tying in all those conversations around women's importance and how we've grown in the workplace and how mm-hmm. we're now sitting at leadership tables yes. and making decisions. And they talk about you know, the, the stereotype is women are too emotional to lead, or, you know, you, you don't have the, the goal to really make tough decisions, but they also talk about the power of emotional intelligence and how that is a real powerful tool to, to lead by as well. So when you think about, I don't know, I think about equal pay and how long it's really taken to, to close some of this, these gaps. But we know when you think about the intersections, I think, um, Actually, Latinx and Asian women are still under grossly yes. paid yes. to the dollar uh, that men make. Right, you know. Right.
0: So these are these are continued conversations that we'll have. But you know, um, I, I continue to celebrate women. Continue to celebrate um, Black women. And our voices are powerful. Um, I always say powerful beyond measure, but they're extremely powerful. Yeah. Um, And you know, for me, I look at uh, my mother. I look at my grandmother. Yes. I look at these these women um, in my life who definitely contributed in a positive way to. Um, help me just grow as a person. Right. I mean, right. we we say that, and, and sometimes we, we take it for granted. But I I see the hard work, the sweat, the tears, yes. the love, yes. everything that uh, my family has poured into me, and I hope to continue that as well as we move forward.
1: And I and I agree with that. Like you know, my mother, my grandmother, my aunts, um, just just having those examples of women who have carried the torch and really, you know, when you think about especially communities of color, the importance and the influence of women is something that shouldn't be underscored because you know that the matriarchs really do um, connect a lot of us all. And so actually I wanted to read this quote by Michelle Obama, and it says, "No country can ever truly flourish if it stifles the potential of its women and deprives itself of the contribution of half of its citizens." And so we will leave you with that as it relates to uh, the closing of Women's History yes. Month. It's always a great time to kind of just pause and think about all of the contributions that we've been able to make and continue to yeah. make.
0: And we'll yeah, we'll continue to thrive. So, um,
1: gem of the gem day. Gem of the
0: day. <laughs> we always get to this point. Where we're like, all right, what is the gem right, of the day? Right, right. I think based off of this conversation, one thing I was thinking about is uh, the interview that Oprah had with uh, Megan Markle mm. and. Um, she said one quote, she said, were you silent or were you silenced? Mm. And that really stuck with me just because, you know, there's times where we are silent and times where we are silenced. And, um, you know, for me, I always try to use my voice. right? Um, I, you know, it, I, I also make sure that, you know, my voice is being heard, I also make sure that my voice is not being silenced Okay. Um, in certain situations because I do, you know, back in the day, I would say I, I, I was silent. I felt like I didn't have something to say. I felt like I didn't. Now you got a whole podcast. To Look, tribute to this world. <laughs> right. Um, but again, that just comes with growth, growth and maturity. Um, but I, I also vowed to myself as I got older that I would never be silenced. Silenced, yeah. Um, and so that's something I think about with Women's History Month. We we're we're out here, we're speaking up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk about Stacey Abrams, who has become one of my my heroes, right? Um, and so I think about that. But yeah, that's that's what comes to mind.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And I think about um, you know, one of the things, one of the things um that one of my friends talked about. One of the things that one of my friends talked about um was doing it scared. You know, do it scared. And, and what they meant behind that was the fact that a lot of times we question ourselves. Mm-hmm. Are we ready? I think especially mm-hmm. as women, we question, are we ready? Can we do this? We talked uh, in our first uh, season about imposter syndrome and especially yes. how women face imposter syndrome. Um, but at the end of the day, do it scared. Whatever whatever it is that you're considering, um, you know, you might question if you're ready. And if you wait until you're absolutely ready, yeah. I, you know, I don't even know if you actually get to that point. No. You know what I mean? So do it scared. Pick up whatever it is that you're trying to do. If if it's starting a business, if it's applying for that job, if it's you know leaving your current job to go start a different venture, whatever it is, do it scared. Yes. Oh, you know, just do, do it. Scared. Just do it. Just do it. Like Nike. Like Nike. Okay. No, that's not a argument, <laughs> But you know,
0: I am a Nike girl. Right. Right. Um. But, yeah, no, I, I love that. So um, to all of our women who are listening, happy women's history. Yes. To continue to shine. Continue to use your voice. And continue to be a gem. And be a gem. There we go. That's hey,
1: it. So, so.
0: We'll see you in our next episode.
1: Next next episode. It's yes. it's coming soon. Yes, we
0: have some exciting things coming up. So absolutely, tune
1: in. And then we're going to be actually um, working with uh, Invest Buffalo Niagara mm-hmm. on a different segment and so we'll be on their podcast uh coming up shortly and we'll make sure that we share that in our next podcast. All right. So we will see y'all next week. Bye Kua. Bye. Hey, y'all. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Black Gems Dive-In Podcast.
0: Make sure you rate and subscribe on all of the major streaming platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Make
1: sure you follow us on our social media platforms, at Black Gems Dive-In on Twitter and Instagram, and at Black Gems Dive-In Podcast on Facebook.